said, Why the lads? Yeah, I thought that's what you said. <laughs> what the fuck does it mean? God, Eddie, you're such a southerner, aren't you? Us Geordies say it all the time. Way the lads! Had away and the shite! Alright, I'll, I'll repeat it. What the fuck <laughs> does it mean? Welcome to MLPP 32. Uh, it is the fourth series, uh, and it's yeah, still lockdown free, but not really because everyone can go to the boozer. I do trust you well. Uh, if my big Bertha computer's on the ball, I can see nihilism over there. Hello, hello. How the devil are you? I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Have you uh, ventured out anywhere in these relaxing of sanctions? Not really. I went for a bag of cans and a big smoke over the park. Can you stop dicking about with your window, please? Sorry. I'm just trying to get everything windproof. I went for a bag of cans with Belper Dave and Perkins on Friday night. I don't usually do Friday nights, as, as you know. And Yes. Uh, Felt a bit rough Saturday, but 
haven't seen them for ages. What about you? Been anywhere? Done anything? No, but it makes me feel a bit queasy watching everybody so close together in a, a boozer, a boozer garden. Yeah, to like you go past places like the Liberal Club in Spondon. If it ain't got an outside space already, it just looks weird. Look like fucking Phoenix Fun Day outside the Liberal Club, like some ramshackle white gazebo thing. Chris Packets blowing around everywhere. Didn't look much fun, really. <laughs> anyway, before we start talking about song choices and stuff what i should have said is the song you heard before we started going off was uh, the methadones with premature midlife crisis and that was the random record and uh, i think the discogs randomizer pulled out a gem there one of these weeks it's going to be fucking walking in the air by Alice jones or something like that and then we can just spin it again because punk red no nope. i've committed to this oh. a little bird tells me you've had a face-to-face interaction with pink-haired gentle hippie over the road who sells shine. So we're sitting about Saturday morning, 9am, as you don't, and we get yeah. a knock on the door. So Becky goes to answer it, and it's pink-haired man and his daughter. Daughter, wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, that's what I thought. I thought it was his wife. But, around there, could be one and the same. As long as he knows a different. Yeah, he was like, uh, I'm really sorry to bother you, but uh, we're just going door to door just to warn you about uh, a family on this street. And I'm behind the door with my eyebrow raised going, ooh, this is tasty. Um, Apparently, the um, pink-haired guy had sold this other family a tablet. Like a... a... iPad. Yeah, yeah. But not an iPad. No, no. No, No, definitely not. Diepad. So it transpires that uh, they came back to Purplehead Man. Neville, his name is, by the way. I've uh, awesome. I found that out. Of course it is. And uh, there was a big to-do, because this tablet apparently wasn't working. So then, um, it was Neville was like, all right, no worries, I'll give you money back. And somehow, I got lost in the conversation. It transpires that there, um, there had been like indecent images of children on this tablet. The police have got involved and have determined that it wasn't Neville who put the indecent images on there, but the husband of the family up the road, who was a bit bit of an odd man, bit of a... He's going around threatening to rape Neville's wife and daughter because of these indecent images. So they're going door to door saying, if you've got any children, be aware. So pink-haired Nev is saying it's hard enough that's put the child porn on this tablet. Yeah. And Hardnut is saying it's pink-haired Nev. Oh, Hardnut's not saying either way. He's just starting to rape Neville's female family members. That, that's an interesting tactic when tackling uh, child abuse, isn't it? By Ooh. raping a child. That, that's a bold strategy. Uh, I, I, I can't see how that'll work out for the good, but he's a Hardnut, so he obviously knows best, doesn't he? Oh, definitely. I mean, that was a, an interesting Saturday morning. So, Well, on that note, um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to listen to my personal choice, not randomised, uh, <clears throat> and we'll t- then we'll talk about who we've got on the show. Um, but this is Leatherface with Boogie On Down from the underrated compilation Greetings from the Welfare State. So we'll have a listen to that, get over that fucking horrendous story that Niles just told us, and then we'll come back.
that was Leatherface with Boogie on Down. Uh, I'm still surprised that all that's going on on Nile Street. Free pink-haired Nev, I say. Hashtag free pink-haired Nev. Right. Well, look, I've cracked open my blue drink and my dippers especially. (laughs) Who have we got on today? Today... Today we've got uh, Graham Phyllis-Kirk, ex-Leatherface and current owner of Little Rocket Records. Very nice, and he's from Sunderland. Yes, he's a noted Mackham. A noted Mackham, so blue drink dippers, KFC, cheese Alsa- chips, Alsatians in a pram, that sort of thing is what... No, I'm, I'm being a bit northeastist there. Northeastist. Just Mackhamist. You're a you're a, a tsunami sort of a guy, aren't you? I am a tsunami fanatic. How did you reconcile those two things? Being a jock and a Geordie, being as the Beano had a comic strip back in the forties, which specifically outlined the beef between jocks and Geordies. So I'm just wondering how you squared that off, or is it like Romeo and Juliet? How I came to become a, a Newcastle United fan. Yeah. Well, the story is. Well, it's the truth, but it's a story as well. Um, so when I moved down from Jockland to quite a bit south of Geordieland, uh, I got uh, picked up. Well, not picked on, but the kids were like making fun of me for being an Aberdeen football club fan. And they were like, right, you've got to choose an English team now because you're in England. And at 11 years old, yeah. 12 years old, that makes sense. Um, so I thought about it. And at the time, it was like, oh, you got to support Man U, or you got to support Liverpool, or you got to support fucking Derby County. Um, so I thought Newcastle United was the uh, closest team to Scotland at the time. They were in the old Division Two, so definitely no glory hunting there. And uh, here I am, 30 years later. You should have blown their mind and picked Berwick on Tweed. Berwick Rangers. Yeah, whatever they're called, because they are in England technically, but they're playing the Scottish League, so take that 12-year-old English cob-munching kids. Hindsight is a wonderful thing. Anyway, we're not talking about Geordies, we're talking about... Scumbags. Mackhams. This transcends that. that. This transcends that. Right, uh, he sent me four songs. Mm-hmm. None of them, none of which were the boat. Uh which is why I chose it, you see. Uh, you get me. So we're going to have a little listen to Memories of Youth by a band called Medictation. Yes, Graham and Dickie from Leatherface formed Medictation just shortly after Leatherface broke up. Fine. So we'll listen to that, and then we'll uh, have a chat with uh, G Money himself, Philly G. G Phil. Yeah. 
Hey, mate. How you doing? Hey, Greg. How you doing? You all right? Yeah, good, thanks. Are you? I'm good, yes, yes. Sorry we've dragged you into your one and only Zoom of the whole pandemic. <laughs> felt really bad. You know, something I really couldn't believe it that you actually got me to use a Zoom. There's so many people tried for the last year, and I'm like, I'm not having it. I'm just not having it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, bloody hell. <laughs> I thought I'd got past this shit, you know? <laughs> well, everyone else is all Zoomed out, so... <laughs> You're, you're, you're fresh to it. You'll be hosting quizzes by the end of the month. <laughs> I very much doubt it. I very much doubt it. So, so where, where, where are you? You both at the moment? I'm Derby. Uh, I'm Sheffield. Sheffield, cool. Yes. Yeah, so, how's how's things where you are then at the moment? We we were just talking about it. Uh, pubs, if they didn't have an outdoor space already, it looks weird with you know, like Christmas dinner style chairs all out on a car park yeah, outside yeah. a social club. It looks really odd and not much fun. So I haven't been anywhere. No, I must admit it's not something I've fancied. But saying that, I mean, you know, everywhere with a garden around here is just packed with people anyway. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. it's never never been any different, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> me, me, and, me and my mates went to the park with a bag of cans on uh, Friday night. Yeah, and ever, my missus was going. Why don't you go a beer garden? Because it's they're all booked up, and it's doing exactly the same thing, but a quarter <laughs> of the price. So, <laughs> oh well, well, I'm having one now. Hope you don't mind. So yeah, no, same. Don't worry. Yeah, good. Cheers, don't worry. Cheers. Cheers. Let's just get started then. Uh, I thought we had. Well, kind of. I'll just <laughs> chop it. We'll do a proper introduction. So, it's it's Graham Phyllis Kirk, formerly of. Formally or currently? I suppose currently in a way, even though, you know, obviously the band is, isn't that of as such. Um, but, to, you know, like 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 such a band, it never stops, to be quite honest, because um, even though the band might be playing or we might be doing a recording, there's always other stuff going on in the background, you know, and once, once you're sort of tied to it, you've got an anchor around you and it's something you can't sort of just let go you know even no. though some people try to um and to be fair you know when i joined the band i sort of took on the role of of dealing with a lot of the the day-to-day weekly things for the band you know so it's it's almost like yes it is still going as i say even though you know not that if we wanted a tour we 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 couldn't um there's still quite a lot of things which which are happening, which is still quite exciting, you know. What I've thought about just before we started talking was, uh, have Rebellion Festival been sniffing about? They have done for years. Yeah, I knew um, they would. <laughs> and um, it, it's weird because I, I don't know why, but we, every time they've asked, we've either been away on tour um, or one of us just couldn't do it, um, and we, we've just we've never ever played it, and, and it's what it's it's strange because it's literally down the road, um, and everybody's like, why why you must be one of the bands who should have played Rebellion but never have done, um, and we've we've just never done it, um, much to the disappointment of a lot of people. To be quite yeah, honest, yeah, yeah, circumstances not allowing and. Uh... And whatnot. Uh, I think it's still going ahead this year in some sort of 
guys, but it's only going to be British bands and yeah, European yeah. bands that can hop out. But I, pff, fuck knows if they'll be able to. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I mean, there's a lot of things changed, not just the pandemic, obviously, but um, the dreaded B word, um, which has an X in it. Yep, yep, yep. Um, you know, um, that's caused a hell of a lot of problems for uh, so many people. You know, and it's only now where, where a lot of people are starting to realise, like, shit, is this really what you've got to do, and how much it's going to cost? <laughs> I, I'm, well, I don't know because you're you're at a sort of level, obviously, with Leatherface, where you can't just hide your guitars under coats in the boot mm. and uh, borrow somebody else's gear when you get there, because <laughs> uh, but there's no border crossing control people listening, but that's what we're going to do uh, when we go back over to Europe. Um, is it almost prohibitively expensive then? Well, as you say, if you do it the right way, um, yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's be honest. At the moment, I don't think they were really bothered about it in the first place. I think they've sort of, you know, had a lot of hassle about it. It is something they're going to have to seriously look into, like so many aspects of it, you know. Um, and uh, they, they're going to have to figure something out because it's just not workable, you know. When you think of all the paperwork to go from country to country, it's just it's just total stupidity at the end of the day, you know. Um, and, mm. you know, you've got um, visas, work visas to pay for and, you know, all this about taxing on merchandise, et cetera. So, so yeah, it's not good. It's not good, you know. Yeah, that's a shame. But Little Rocket Records, which you are also the co-owner of, is that a fair? Yeah, I, I would. I'd say it's a bit of a collective. There's a, there's a few people involved in it in the background, um, in in different aspects of it, whether it's art, design, music, recording stuff. Um, you know sort of have a say in what goes on. So I, I like to think of it as a collective of, of a few people. Um, yeah, which was really just a natural progression from um, the Leatherface label, which was um, Big Ugly Fish, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so before we started talking, I've got to get my notes out here. Yeah. I'm pleased you've got some because I haven't. <laughs> I say notes. It's the email you sent me with a list of songs. All right, okay. <laughs> that would be lies. <laughs> You've done me notes it. for me. So thank <laughs> you. Uh, da, da, da. Right. So we would have played before we started talking. Memories of Youth by Meditation. Um, yes. What prompted that choice? Because I know you feature on that. Um, well, obviously, you, you, you'd asked about you know, playing some songs. And I suppose there was a lot of stuff I could have, you know, really would have been obvious to play. Um, but I thought just as a, a one which was out there would be nice was Meditation, um, because obviously it was Dickie's last um, recording. Oh, I didn't know um, You know, what he ever did. And, uh, you know, I was sort of lucky enough and privileged enough to, to be there with him. So it was just a nice memory. Um, and a song to sort of bring back some good memories of it. Cause you know, I would have probably liked to have done Stalingrad. Um, but to hear him singing it, I think would be a little bit of a, a an odd thing for me sitting here when I'm, you know, sort of being recorded live. Um, so yeah, meditation, but um, 
it was also a very close thing with me because I did the lyrics sort of jointly with Hugo, who's the the singer who was in St. Catharines, you know, very big yeah. band um, over in North America um, and a very good friend of mine. Um, and we jointly did the lyrics and I actually did the lyrics because that night when we were talking, um, because obviously the time difference, I actually got interrupted with a call of a friend who'd just been stabbed to death. Um, and, yeah. and that's what the lyrics basically ended up were about, about going back in, you know, being young, your memories and all the things which later on you look at and make you smile and you laugh about it. And, you know, so you sort of go through that full emotional circle of, um, you know, the, the sadness of it all. But ultimately, you, you've got to look at the positives out of life, you know, and um, be thankful you were there and you went through it with these people, you know. Yeah, I mean, the the sort of northeast punk scene. Yeah, it's perhaps to my detriment. It's not one that I've ever. I've played gigs in Newcastle a couple of times. Never played in Sunderland, uh, but it's always it's it's pretty self contained. But it's also pretty thriving, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had it's, a question uh, about it actually, haven't we? Now we have. Yeah, yeah. Come on. You want, do you want to use that now? Yeah, sure. So uh, one of our listeners and friends, Gary Pope, um, basically says, so the punk music scene in Sunderland is interesting. Uh, so many great bands to come from the area. Um, obviously, Graham, you've been in a few of them and been right amongst it uh, all for the last couple of decades or so. Yeah. Uh, he's just basically wondering what's driven such a historically strong scene around Sunderland and what's it like today? Are there any other uh, up-and-coming Sunderland bands still being inspired by the likes of Leatherface that we should look out for? I think, um, sort of go back to the first question, uh, yeah, it's it's amazing when you look at the, the history of, of bands in Sunderland, uh, you know, I mean, even going right back to Olga, Toy Dolls, um, you know, within mu- the music industry, full stop, just not the punk scene you know um there's a lot of musicians around the world from the northeast in general as well not just in Sunderland you know you and you've, you've got more recent stuff like future heads that sort of thing and um what is it that drives it I don't know is it the fact of you know it's 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 a hard place to grow up in it's a difficult place it's not a good place for you know to, to get out there and earn a living you know the jobs are not good you know, it's all those sort of um, rundown area things, I think, which, you know, gives people something to, to look at and, and sing about um, and write music about. And, and I think that's probably what, what, what does it. You know, like so many great bands and where they've come from, whether, whether it is just that, I, I don't know. Um, as for the, the, the pool of bands within in the northeastern Sunland, yeah, it's massive. It's unbelievable, you know, when you actually start looking into it. And, and I think if you're lucky enough to, to tour around the world, it's amazing how people have this perspective on the northeastern Sunland, you know, and, and like you suddenly realise, like, Jesus, yeah, <laughs> there is a lot that yeah. goes on here, you know. Um, and uh, it, it, it's it's good. It's good, you know, to know that. Um, up-and-coming bands... I think at the moment it's difficult in anywhere in the world um, yeah. because of what we're going through. I think music in general, just the way it's all changed, is 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 it's quite frightening actually. I I wouldn't like to be 
a young person in a band now, I, I think I'd struggle with it and find it hard. Um, because one is you've got to look look at where do you play? That's the first thing. Um, can you make any money from it? Pretty much no. <laughs> you know, it's like you guys doing what you're doing, obviously involved in music as well. But it's it's this same thing where some of us, you know, you're playing, you're writing songs, you 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 do a fanzine, you do podcasts. We all work together to to keep this thing going. Which yeah. otherwise, if we didn't, it would just not be there anymore. So I think for new bands, it's difficult. Whether there's anyone coming up in Sunland at the moment, not a great deal. Not a great deal, you know. But I would like to think that will change. Um, coming out of this horrendous sci- science fiction nightmare of a movie, <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully that's going to be something which is going to, you know, drag people out of it and and think I'm going to pick up the guitar and make a racket out of it, you know. Yeah, because the Toy Dolls are my they're my favourite band ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a Toy Dolls tattoo, hey. uh, and I always I always think uh, old old Olga must have had a a rough time growing up uh, it, was, it was strange actually because um i remember when i first started we used to practice in um pete's practice rooms in um <laughs> in Fawcett street <laughs> you're laughing because yeah. it's bringing back the lyrics <laughs> and um i mean we didn't have a clue what we're doing the same as pretty much like now you know what i mean we used to just get together and and you know it was something for us to do instead of going out probably robbing people and all the rest of it what most people did um so you know we we we'd get together and obviously get a few cans a couple of toasties off peter used to make them for us for a quid each or something you know and olga used to practice just before us in the same room and um I obviously got to know him, you know, and um, he used to sit outside of our practice room listening to us, you know, and, and that's nice. the measure of the guy, you know, uh, uh, of, of watching what was happening and, and who, you know, who was doing what in Sunland. A really great guy and obviously, you know, I, there's plenty of musicians who played for the Toy Dolls, are good friends of mine, you know. That's um, the biggest... Uh... What do they used to say? The biggest youth employer in the northeast. Yeah. Of <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, There wasn't many jobs. I must admit, it was either it was either down the pit on the yards or play for the toy dolls, and I didn't do any of them. So I tell you, what. he's he's down London now, and I met him a few times. He um, we went over to Amsterdam, me and my mate, and uh, we got to the venue super early. We'd been there the day before. And we saw, like, can we come in, Toy Dolls? And they were like, yeah, yeah, this is your dressing room here. And they thought we were them. <laughs> we were like, no, no, no. But then we met uh, Olga, and he was super sound. And um, he saw us in, like, this bar over the road. And he came over with all these beer tokens for the venue. And he was like, yeah, we don't yeah. drink before we play, so yeah. you lads have them. Thanks for coming over. Yeah. And there's one thing we didn't probably need then. It was free beer, but we, we took them with good grace. And, uh, <laughs> I would have as well, yeah. Get it while <laughs> and, you can. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and got it down us. Right, uh, let's go for another song. Gold Beach Fortress by, by Moral Mazes. We'll have a quick listen, and then we'll come back, and you can tell us what prompted that choice. Yeah. Okay.
Sunderland's shipbuilding industry continued to grow through most of the 19th century, becoming the town's dominant industry and a defining part of its identity. By 1815, it was the leading shipbuilding port for wooden trading vessels, with 600 ships constructed that year across 31 different yards. By 1840, the town had 76 shipyards, and between 1820 and 1850, the number of ships being built on the weir increased fivefold. Uh, that was Gold Beach Fortress by Moral Mazes. What what prompted that choice? Um, Jeff Dean, who is the guitarist, um, I met. Well, I got talking to um, Jeff um, some years ago. It was actually when we did the Meditation album. Um, he'd released Airstream Futures' first album on paper and plastic. Um, and that was at the time when we decided, because of doing the two albums of Leatherface and Big Ugly Fish, it made sense just to sort of, you know, put a lid on that, start a little rocket records. Um, and the first album was Meditation's album. Um, I wanted a break from obviously doing all the work in putting this stuff out and... Um, the, all the guys went, oh, paper and plastic, let's do it with the American label. So I thought, yeah. Anyway, it didn't really work out the way we expected, which it hasn't for a few bands with paper and plastic. I'll not go into that. 
Um, but I got talking to Jeff, who had had the same problem with their string futures. Anyway, eventually they released their album, and I got on with Jeff, and they came to do their second album. Um, and then, obviously, once I started talking to Jeff, I realised just how many people he was involved with, the amount of work he did, how many bands he was in, was just absolutely stupid, which is just down to Jeff full stop. One band's bad enough. Um, so, yeah, he had come to me and mentioned that he'd had this studio um, project, Moral Mazes. Um, they'd released the first seven-inch on Bridge and Tunnel Records, would love to do it with Little Rocket. Um, and basically the idea is it's a studio band, different singer for every seven inch. Um, and this was the second one. And I'm pleased to say they're doing the third one, um, which we're hoping to release at some point in the future. Um, and nice, you know, there's, there's a guy called Jay Robbins who plays bass on it, who I've got a, a lot of time for, you know. Nice. Yeah. Um, nice. Um, Niall, have we got another big book of bullshit question? We have. Just before we do that, I, I remember the whole um, meditation album fiasco because I'd pre-ordered it on paper and plastic. And oh, that was sorry. Oh, no, no, sorry. no, no. I, I got it in the end. It was great. No, no, I get it. You haven't got it. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, we'll go with um, Duco van der Veen, um, who says... All good things come in three, said a wise man once. So which band would complete the holy trinity of UK punk bands with snuff and leatherface? Oh, God. That was exactly what I said when I read it. Uh, he, he usually asks questions about serial killers, so... Yeah. Think yourself lucky. <laughs> oh, God, that, that's, what, that's really caught, caught me, that one. Um, I don't know. Well, you have I, a think, think, I, I suppose... Well, you have a think. Like, it was that sort of early 90s seen not seen you know the Green Day thing hadn't happened yet the Offspring thing hadn't happened yet and there was yeah. sort of Leatherface there was Snuff and there was probably a few of us actually there was loads but I think for um, humour I would have to say probably is what Tyler yeah because if you yeah. for something off the wall if you, if you were ever lucky enough to go and be in the same room as them and actually watch them and be absolutely, you know, savaged by them, um, they were just brilliant, absolutely brilliant band, you know. And, and again, I, I, lucky enough, I've had all of that done to me by them and it's still going on to this day, you know. So, yeah, I love Sean. I love Sean. And he's done so much for the scene and the music as well. That's the other reason, yeah. Yeah, it's another one of those lookout record quirks, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like, how did they end up on? The, what was the connection there? They were quite late in the game, though, weren't they? In the lookout records game, yeah. what, Tyler. Um, well, Sean, um, he basically ran uh, Rugger Bugger Records, um, hmm. and he released a lot of stuff um, and some fantastic stuff as well, you know. So he played a big part in it. And and even to this day, you know, he's, he's still actively involved in, you know, snuff and, and, and putting stuff on and all the rest of it, you know. So and the other one I'd probably say, just because Nas got a, a mag top on, China drum. <laughs> yeah, that was that was mentioned in the uh, in the question as well, um, China drum. We've got another question on them coming later as well, so. Go on then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, should, we'll, do you want to do it now? 
Yeah, we'll have so it. So many good questions, Graham. Go on. I'll say good. So Gary Pope again asks, who would win at five aside, Leatherface, Sunderland, or China Drum, Newcastle? Oh, do I need to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, obviously you know who would win, you know. I can't well, imagine Frankie running up and down a five aside pitch somewhere. No, he would he'd be in goal. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be in goal, and and if anyone came in close quarters of a tackle, they'd, they'd probably be getting stretched off. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. There's your answer. Yeah, because he used to play rugby as well. So, <laughs> wow, we'll have to. Uh, perhaps we can arrange that. Yeah. Right. That'd be a good one, wouldn't it? So. So yeah, you know the Little Rocket website. There's a lot of American connections. Yeah, there. I actually had a look at that Pooza Fest bit before. Cool. He came on, and I was like, "Fuck me, that's a hell of a lineup." And then I saw it was in British Columbia. I was like, oh, <laughs> "I don't think I'll be yeah. going to that then." But, uh, <laughs> do try, try it, do. I'd seriously, um, you know, suggest if you ever get the chance, try and go. Because it's um, it's it's a great festival, great festival, and fantastic players as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Is it that that North American connection that obviously the labels got? Yeah, I have been slagged off for that, by the way. Yeah, you've been I've, slagged I've, off for getting yeah, on with I, Americans. Um, why haven't you got more British bands on? You know, and um, you know, yeah, I've I've had a had a lot of that sort of thing. Um, and to be honest, I, I I don't the majority of bands who I've actually worked with and and you know put stuff out by nine out of ten. I mean, one is obviously I, I like it. That's the first thing. I think the second thing is that um, in some way I'm connected to them or I've met them and I've met them as people. Yeah. You know. Um, and I like them as people. And, and I think the other thing about the labelers as well, I think there's a lot of labels who do a lot of stuff really well, and I can't see the point of, of me trying to do what they do. So if somebody comes along and I think, guys, you should be on that label, I'll say, you know, you should be on that label. That's where you need to be, you know. Um, and I think the, the other thing and all is we've just tried to do something a little bit different to offer in Europe and what we're doing as well. You know, and it's not oh, just yeah, a, I mean, a, a, a mainstream label as such, you know. That's fucking mental because if I was, if if the shoe was on the other foot and I was in a British band and an American label wanted to put our stuff out, I'd be chuffed to death. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? I, yeah. People just fucking moan, Graham, don't they? Well, they do, yeah, unfortunately, you know. It makes the world go around, keeps them busy, you know what I mean? As long as they're happy and leave me alone, that's the main thing, you know. But, um, as long as I don't need to fucking meet them, that's the main thing. Yeah, just, just, just tell them to fuck off. I'll tell them to well, fuck off. Well, I do. I was, I, was gonna, I was trying to be polite there, you know. I nearly went into nah. a tirade of swearing and shouting at you. And, uh, you know, you could sign Baby Jesus himself. Yeah. <laughs> he could sign Baby Jesus and people are still fucking moan. Yeah. Oh, he's a sellout. Yeah. 
yeah, the, people will always have a go at whatever you do. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think um, we've been going for a while now and we've got a fairly decent roster there. We've put out some good stuff um, and quality stuff, you know, and, and hopefully it'll continue that way, even though it is getting harder, you know. We were talking before, Niall and me, about um, the sort of record collectors. Have you jumped on that, you know, putting stuff on mad-coloured vinyl or whatever? Uh, If it was my way, I'd I'd have everything on black vinyl. Um, No, (laughs) I wouldn't actually. No, you know, at the end of the day, I think you do have the nerds. I'm one of them. You know, uh, you know, I collect my records. I love having the different versions, and especially the stuff I love, which I play time and time again. You know, I want to have the the heavy weighted vinyl because it does sound better. Yeah. You know, I like to have the yeah, different yeah, yeah. colours because at the end of the day, I can't pick Spotify up. I can't. There's nothing to fucking read on it. You know, um, and I like to have something in my hands. You know, and, and digital airwaves don't do a lot for me. You know. Um, and, and it, it's great to have something which you feel part of that band, that time, the memories that come with it. And I, and I think to a certain extent, for a lot of people these days, they don't get that anymore. You know, it's, it's those memories no. of being with your mates, putting the records on at four o'clock in the morning and you've scratched it and he's nearly hit the fucking roof, you know, and, you know, or you spill beer on it and, you know, you're all laughing and joking about it, or the band you went to see that weekend who you weren't expecting, you buy the album off them and you bring it on. Christ, that's amazing. You know, so that's what it is for me, and I get it for a lot of people. Um, and you know, a lot of bands, yeah, let's be honest, they, they want to see stuff out there on a on a, a colored vinyl if they can get it, and you know, they can take it home and show mum and dad and whatever, you know. Um Yeah, we we had a band on four foot fingers, if you remember them from a few yeah. years ago, we had them on, and we were saying how we were uh, sort of trapped by necessity in the world of CDs. Vinyls, vinyl wasn't really a format that was uh, big in the sort of turn of the millennium. It was uh, yeah. CDs yeah. or now. So I've never had a record out on vinyl. Did you ever, know? No, no, never. Not yet, anyway. No, all CDs. Not yet. We're working on it, aren't we? Yeah. Um, well, but, yeah. I think the next big thing is, because the price of vinyl is going up, the cassettes are going to make a comeback. No, I don't. I was going to ask you about that. I tell you, dude, I tell you, you've heard it here first, cassettes are coming back. I, I it, know, and I've not got a fucking tape player anymore, and it's pissing me off. And all I remember, the only positive thing, cassettes, mixtapes, for me, that's the only thing. Otherwise, it's cocking about with a pencil, trying to wind it on yeah, and yeah, pull yeah. it out, and it's yeah. all... We were talking and about they degenerate with every play. Eight tracks oh, are coming back that. as well, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, somebody, yeah. Some people are releasing eight-track cartridges. I've never seen in my life an eight-track player, ever. Yeah. I don't, wouldn't even know what one looks like. <laughs> well, I've um, talked about people getting pissed off and complaining about stuff. I was actually talking about this through the day about when you were saying when CDs came back. And obviously it, it's almost um, history's repeating itself because vinyl's going through the roof. 
the, they're selling loads of vinyl again. So the plants and the companies are all starting to get greedy again. So the prices are going up. So for your DIY labels, it's going, it's getting really hard again. And that's why, you know, I've predicted cassettes are coming back. And um, we we had a lot of small bands and sometimes you can't, you know they're not going to sell 300 copies of a vinyl, you know. So you would do some promotion, do a CD or something like that. And we actually had people complaining that we weren't doing proper cut glass CDs. And it's like, you think, hang on a minute, dude, go back to what this is all about, you know. It's like fucking 100 copies for the band to go out sell stuff, give it away, do whatever. It goes back years ago when you had a cassette and you did the same thing. It's punk rock, for God's sake, you know? <laughs> you know? And, yeah, actually complaining that we weren't pressing 500 copies of cut glass CDs, which is the right way to do it, you know? But you'll never keep everybody happy, you know? No, I've got CDs and I've I've started actually listening to them again now. Um, but, but, yeah, they're all knackered and fucked. Uh, they were the things I spilt beer on. You're going to bring out Betamax of all the music videos next. Is that the next oh, thing? Fantastic. I've got a good collection <laughs> of one as well, yeah. <laughs> right, we're going to have a listen to Cemetery Sparrow by Airstream Futures and then Red we'll... Uh, then, then we'll come back. Oh, 
The First World War led to a notable increase in shipbuilding, but also resulted in the town being targeted by a Zeppelin raid in 1916. The Monk Weymouth area was struck on the 1st of April 1916, and 22 lives were lost. Many citizens also served in the armed forces during this period, over 25,000 men from a population of 151,000. That was Cemetery Sparrow, Airstream Futures. Graham, what prompted that choice? Well, just going back to the the, the dreaded um, paper and plastic scenarios, which obviously I'm sorry that it scarred you for life. And, um, you know, as, for the medication, I feel it. It would happen to me. Um, yeah, Jeff Dean again, just a, an amazing guy at the end of the day. You know, he's he's great um, studio engineer, master stuff, mixes stuff in great bands and Airstream Futures. Got a new album coming out in the future. Um, and I'm really expecting them to start to, to go a few places, to be honest. Lovely people. And uh, Devin, who, you know, she's the, the vocalist, amazing voice. So, you know, keep your, keep your ears open for, for the next album on that. Where are they from? Chicago. Um, nice. Yeah. Well, it depends, depends which parts of Chicago. Um, you know, yeah, we've, what, we've uh, had a few people from Chicago on, and uh, it's a real mix of, you know, outdoors and uh, urban yeah. grime, really, isn't it? It's well, yeah. an yeah. old place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, again, um, Jay Robbins was involved in that, and one of the guys out at Alkaline Trio, he was involved in the recording and producing of it as well, you know, so there's a bit of a pedigree there behind them as well. Yeah, yeah. That that I really enjoyed listening to that uh, both before and just then. Wink. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that song. So did I. Um, <laughs> Niall, what's the next big book of bullshit question? It's from Gary again because I'm desperate for an answer on this one. Oh God. Um, so Gary wonders, <laughs> or Gary surmises, there's another album's worth of unreleased Leatherface tracks recorded at the same time as Stormy Petrol. Or Little Rocket plans to officially release the Leatherface Peel sessions. Are any of those true? Do I have to answer that? (laughs) We can edit it out if you want. Well, funny enough. All right. Okay. Let's um, go back to the stuff that was lying around. Yes, there is stuff lying around. Um, Frankie and I have listened to some of it. I've got some of it. It's a weird one. the idea of pulling it together and actually doing it was great at the beginning, but actually sitting down and even listening to the stuff with Dickie on, on some of the demos and what have you, and trying to, to think about putting it together is very difficult. Um, whether that would ever happen or not, I really can't answer that. And, and you know, like so many people ask about, you know, please, the band have got to get back together. You know, if you if you look at it from Frankie's point of view, how many years he's done it? Thirty-five years, something like that. Um, it is hard. You know, it's, it is very difficult to sort of think about all these times and the fact of what's happened. And you know, will you really enjoy it as much as what you used to? You know, and and I know it's hard for people who want to hear the band again and and, and you know buy something from the band which has just been released. But um, it's a difficult one, so no, can't answer that one. 
Not yet, anyway. Um, as regards the John Peel sessions, yes, we are releasing it. Um, I was, I've been in talks with Fire because they'd, I'll choose my words carefully. They were in the middle of um, releasing it um, and we politely discussed it, as Brian Clough said, and they realised I was right. And 20 minutes later, they said, no, we're not releasing it. And I went, oh, well, I agree with you. So, um, yeah, we are doing it. I was actually with Frankie on Friday um, in the studio, which we've been, we've moved, we've been building the studio basically in lockdown. Um, and we were listening to the masters, going through everything, having a few cans, and it was great. Um, so that was a good thing. It was very positive. And we're just finalising artwork this week, and I'm hoping to have that confirmed with the BBC and, you know, hoping to, to, to have it released. If Probably, I would think, near the end of the year, because Mush has been reissued by Fire at the moment, or the, their offshoot label. Um in yep. July. Pre-order is in. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. it's, uh, it's going to be good, yeah. Uh, and I'm looking forward. I think everybody will be really pleased with it, to be honest, because it's, it, it, it's, it's, as I said, frankly, it was almost, for me, the best times I ever saw the band and also the best times I've ever played in the band. You know, that's what it was like for me. Listening how to many it. Peel sessions, how many Peel sessions did uh, Leatherface do? It's like Michelin stars, isn't it? Food. Um, they did uh, three, three, three sessions. All three, together. nice. Yeah. Um, nice. And uh, for it, I mean, it's you know, it, again, it's just it's history, isn't it? You know, that sort of stuff just doesn't happen anymore. You know. No. Um, uh, I always like to wheel this anecdote out. I played on the last ever John Peel session. Honestly. Don't roll your eyes. I've only done it twice. <laughs> yeah. This old chestnut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> my, mate's, uh, my mate's Skimmer. Um, yes. Their drummer had just passed away, and uh, I thought he was winding me up, and he said, do you want to come do this peel session? And I was like, fuck yeah. So had a couple of practices, went down, did it on the Tuesday, and John Peel died on the Thursday. Right. So, yeah. So we did the last ever. That's bittersweet, that. Yeah. 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 I mean. Do you dine out on that? No. Just on here. To be fair, I've I've known Tom a fairly long time and I only just found that out the other day. So he's he's quite modest about it. Oh, I I like you even more. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it's just because, you know, I was a bit a, a bit younger, I suppose, and I, I knew how important peel sessions were, but I was never, you know, under the duvet with my tranny tuning in. You know, that that just wasn't what I did, yeah. but I knew yeah. the importance of it sort of at the time. And then when he died as well, we were just like, Pfft. which is why we got five tracks on there, because we said right. we'll, we'll record five. We couldn't narrow it down. You, John Peel can choose, but obviously he wasn't there to choose. So do you, do you know? You know the the weird thing is um, when you do do a pill session. It, it's I think because you, nine times out of ten it is when you're younger, obviously for us because it was so long ago. Um, but for many artists who did it, you know that was the brilliant thing about it. It was new bands, 
and the majority of people were young. And when you go in and you do it, you really don't actually realise what you're doing. You know, it's a classic one of those where, you know, if you if you actually realised when you're in that room where probably the Beatles have recorded their stuff or whoever, you know, because there's umpteen famous bands being in there and doing God knows what. Just the fact of recording for John Peel in BBC sessions. I mean, even the guys with the lab coats on sitting behind the, the mixing desk, you know, who don't speak to you, you know, just look at you and, and are doing what they're doing. I mean, these guys are just unbelievable people, you know, and um, you really don't actually get the grips with what you're doing at the time. But it's like most things when you're young, isn't it? Yeah, the guy who produced uh, uh, the one I was on, you always hear his name now on Radio 4 programmes, produced yeah. by Mick Fountain, I think his name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so he was one of them. But yeah, it's. Uh, I'd look forward to that coming out because it's a snapshot in time, like you say. Very the the band good. lasted such a long time mm. and those Peel sessions were spread out, I'm going to assume, sort of over the yeah. decade. So it's a snapshot of what the band, like you say, was playing like at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Um... Very, very much is a, a snapshot of history through through those periods. Um, aptly put by Sean Forbes on the line of notes, but I'll not say any more about that. I'll just let you read it when you, when if you if you, obviously if you get a copy, yeah. I bloody will, bloody will. Yeah, I'll have a look in the Peel Sessions book, which I only bought because I'm in it. And have a look, uh, <laughs> but uh, I think I've got you highlighted in mine as well. The one. I- <laughs> Uh, mine's right. a little look, better than yours though by the way <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> how many did you do personally what, only one only one just uh, one yeah just the one yeah. okay okay well, 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 yeah. well we're equals in that regard yes that we place. are yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll drink to that I'll drink to that sir <laughs> right we're you should consider winding up now and the track we're going to play out oh, with. John, I'm, ju- I'm just, I'm just getting warmed up. Uh, we, we, we'll keep talking and drop some other bits in. Uh, <laughs> you've, you've chosen Mr. Stubbs um, yeah. with Jimmy Jesus. Yeah. What, what prompted that particular cut? Well, just because I was with him on Friday, and I just thought, you know, I couldn't sort of get it out of my head. Really, basically, no, I. I, I suppose I should have and could have put Leatherface in there, you know, which would have been probably by default the, the, the thing, easiest thing to do. But I thought, no, I just wanted to highlight a few of the bands, um, which, as I say, it's because it's connected. It's like a family, isn't it, at the end of the day, all this shit. Um, and more recently, just with everything what's went on, you know, I was lucky enough to be in the bunker Frankie and I, I managed to get him to pick the guitar up again. He wrote some stuff. Um, we decided to record it, and I recorded them in there. Um, you know, mixed it, done it myself. Um, he came in with his acoustic and did it. We had a fantastic time doing it. Um, I had a good laugh, and it's just amazing what came out of it, really. Um, and that's why I thought play this track. <clears throat> um because obviously he's a good friend of mine, you know. Um, hmm. it's, it's it's a great song. It's a great song. Is that uh, that's out on 
Little Rocket, isn't it? Or it is, yes. Yeah, um, it's on Little Rocket, um, and I also played a little guitar bit on it, which was nice. Um, and yeah, it's you know at the moment he's doing his acoustic stuff, and long may it continue. Yeah, nice. Right now we need a before we listen to Mr. S. Have we got any more questions? Because we had fucking loads. Yeah, I've got one from John Bates. Um, this is my favourite one. Yes. He asks, would you rather have a leather face, a brass neck, or a plastic head? Depends what situation I'm in. <laughs> I think he means Johnny day to day walking about. Um, without doubt, a leather face. <laughs> without Brilliant. doubt. I'll, I would have it's a little, it's a little bit like who's going to win out of football and leather face or giant drum, isn't it? It's, it's, it's obvious, isn't it? You know? <laughs> it's just clear. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Just before we go, then we'll listen to Frankie in a minute. Upcoming releases on Little Rocket. What can people look forward to? Um, fingers crossed, if all goes well, um, we have a band called Laser Christ from London, which is mm-hmm. a fantastic album. Can't wait to get that one out. It's been slow moving forward, obviously dealing with damage. If anybody bought it, thank you. Um, great band. That was a January release, and it was literally just got released in April. So we are behind in schedule, but yeah, Laser Christ, if you haven't got a dealing with damage, copy of the album, get it now, because it is pretty much selling out. Um, we've got um, a reissue with Jesse. Um, seeing as, you know, we're talking about Frankie. Um, that's been remastered. I'm actually down in Devon in a couple of weeks to finish the mastering off for that. Um, John Peel, the sessions is going to be a biggie. Um, uh, Airstream Futures, Moral Mazes, and I'm sure there'll be even more. And I'd like to think the meditation album as well. Fucking brilliant. Well, yeah. we'll share the website on the Facebook, Thanks. as we always do. Yeah. Gotta thank you for your time. No, thank you for doing what you do. It means a lot, you know. Hey, we, we just got bored, didn't we, mate, in the old lockdown? And <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, we haven't stopped since. Let's do something. <laughs> Anything, yeah, better than Zoom quizzes. And thanks yeah. for doing Zoom for us. We do really, yeah. really appreciate it. You know, you're privileged that. again. You're the only one who I've done it for. We're going to definitely dine oh. out on that, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll put a stamp on every podcast. That, yeah. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> thanks, thanks again, lads, right? Great speaking to you. Lovely talking to you. And uh, you take care. You too, Graham. Thank yeah. you. And we'll see you around when, when, we, when we're allowed. I hope so. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Take care, Take bye. Care. Now. Thanks.
this life's confusing Fantastic fear My murder weapons dear Close your eyes See your mind's eyes blind They're hating off a wall away Sat back for today Mind's eyes blind 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 Mind's eyes, mind's eyes, mind's eyes. Looks like Bungalowville just dropped in again. You think you would style? You know you've only got a style. And I would rather wait aside. You've got an exact science like time. Mind's eyes, mind. Mind's eyes blind Your mind's eyes blind Your mind's eyes blind Your mind's eyes blind 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 mind's eyes Sunderland has the motto of Nil desperandum or specie deo, or under God's guidance, we may never despair. How's that working out for you? Falks Breweries was established in the town centre in the 1880s and for 110 years was a major employer. Following a series of consolidations in the British brewing industry, however, the brewery was finally closed in July 1999. Vaux in Sunderland and Wards in Sheffield had been part of the Vaux Group, but with the closure of both breweries, it was rebranded the Swallow Group, concentrating on the hotel side of business. What's a fucking good egg? Lovely bloke, isn't he? That could have been a, a multi-hour special, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it could have been. Could have been. Loved it. Good old chat. I'd... Uh... I'd like to shout out the uh, contributors for this week's big book because that was fucking sterling. Keep it up. Yeah, good job, everyone. Good job. Yeah, thank you. Imagine if we didn't have you lot. We'd just be asking normal person questions. <laughs> <laughs> what did you have for your tea uh, last night? <laughs> <laughs> right, Niall, give us your song choice. My song choice today, this week, Tom, is Walk an American Mile by the band Dan Padilla. Is that a band, is it, and not a bloke called Dan? Apparently there's some sportscaster in America called Dan Padilla. Okay. Interesting.
Well, I've walked an American mile. Have you? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure it differs from a European or UK mile, but felt the same benefits. We could look it up. <laughs> Let's or not. Not. So we haven't done a punk pole for a bit. Who's going out the window? I haven't. I'm. I know next door's about to start up, so I'm shutting window. Start up. Start up. It's that time of night. People talking in their garden. Anyway. (laughs) On that though, quickly, before you start, next door, had a barbecue yesterday. We had our bedroom window open. So the bedroom was full of smoke. Oh, well, we've got a bloke next door but one. We call him Sir Burns a lot. He's just forever just burning any manner of shite. And the thing was, we'd heard them discussing this barbecue the other day because we were out in the yep. garden sunning ourselves. And they were like, oh, we've got to make sure there's enough for one burger per person and one hot dog per person. I'm like, you tight bastards. We call them the Tories because they have southern accents. Oh, okay. I was going to say, you don't sound like they're from Sheffield. Sheffield people love burgers and hot dogs. What more do you want me to say? So we asked the good people in the MLP peer verse. You asked. Jawbreaker, the band, are they overrated, underrated, or rated just right? The old classic, the thing that started it all. Um, And I've got to say, it's fucking draw. Is it? Yeah. 50% 50 of voters... I uh, think they're overrated, and 50% think they're voted just right. So that was pretty boring, really, wasn't it? What's your personal take on Jawbreaker? Don't, don't care. Okay. Don't care. I think they've got a lot to answer for in terms of emo. Um, and I just don't don't care. Just do not care. I bought, I bought 24-hour revenge therapy. Listened to it a few times. It's okay. Uh, I don't care if misses a split up with him. I just don't care. I really do not care. I don't care. What do you think? I love him. But I love that why, whole eat. I love why that didn't whole... you put they were over, underrated then? I think they're rated just right. Like our friend David Feature said, uh, just right. Within the scene, they're super influential. Outside of it, not so much. He did get that right. He is smart. Mark Dotrell, contributor, friend. Says now this is a band that can cause arguments. Well, yes, that's why I did it, Mark. <clears throat> and we had a bit of a, a chit chat, and he said um, he doesn't like, he doesn't despise Jawbreaker like he does many of the other '90s punk bands. He does, by the way, uh, but he also isn't tattooing their lyrics on his chest like his ex-fiance did. So I said, which lyric? What the fuck did he say? When so, it pains, it pulls. What's that from? What's that sound? So stupid. It's not when it pains, it pours. It's when it pains, it roars. So oh, a oh, bit that, of... make, that makes it less shit. Not. <sighs> We're all about factual accuracy. <laughs> Sunderland voted for Brexit in the 2016 referendum on European Union membership by 61% of the vote, an unexpectedly high margin. Okay, so Zach Buzzkill still hasn't sent us the songs that he promised he would. 
uh, in order to pr- promote his ripoff. I mean, redo it. I mean, um, idea about uh, thirty seconds. <laughs> 30-second songs, 101 bands. Um, what an innovator. Uh, <laughs> so, what we've decided to do instead, we get quite a lot of emails, don't we, saying, hey, rude dudes, it would be really gnarly if you played us on your podcast. So, to take us out of the podcast, and before the final Sunderland fact, um, I have got, we've got a song by, right, so we've been sent by a, a gentleman called Dan, who seems to have his, a problem with his caps lock uh, on his keyboard because everything is in capital letters, but not not to be deterred by a bit of shouting. Uh, Dan Nastassi of the Nastassis sent us a whole load of promo shiz. Uh, the band are from uh, New York and New Jersey. Nice. So that's familiar ground for us, isn't it, nihilism? It sure uh, is. And the, the song we're going for is Pure Gold, baby. And that's not a description, that's a title. And we'll see you next week uh, for Kev Aper from Off the Apers. Yes, another label owner. Another label owner. First podcast, first Dutchman. Duco will be happy. He'll be delighted. Yeah. He'll be able to tap into his wealth of knowledge on Dutch serial killers. (laughs) Won't get fooled again, Duco. No. Me and Niall, we'll see you all next week. Uh, we'll give you a pink-haired Nev update as and when. <laughs> yeah, we will. I'll keep my eyes peeled. The shop's shut, by the way. <laughs> Fucking would do that, wouldn't you? See you later. Bye.
The fastest, largest and busiest road is the A19, which is a dual carriageway running north to south along the western edge of the urban area, crossing the River Weir at Hilton and providing access north to the Tyne Tunnel, joining up with the A1 to Edinburgh and south through Teesside, joining up with the A1M via the A168 at providing an entirely grade-separated connection between Sunderland and the M1 motorway. <laughs> <laughs>